coming to you from the City of Roses. This is the broadcast by Last Professionals and for Last Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we are going to listen to the second part or the second half of the interview with Ali Lilly about three weeks ago now. It was an amazing time with her, but it was a lot to cover. So we decided to do two episodes. The first one, if you just haven't listened to it, go back. It's all about salon ownership and her ups and downs with that. She actually did two salons, with one with her mom, one by herself. And it's a really insightful podcast. I really think if you've been thinking about running a salon or wanting to hire staff, it's a great episode to listen to. It's just from last week. But this episode today, we're going to talk about how to build a following. And really, there's no one I feel like has done it better than Ali over the last few years. She has one of the most unique brand voices, one of the most unique brands. And because of that, she has really attracted an amazing following and people absolutely love Allie. And if you haven't heard of her, I'm sure you will after this episode. Before we get into that, real quickly, two announcements. First, we have a giveaway we're doing. We're giving away a $200 Amazon gift card to anyone who writes us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. So right now, if you haven't done it yet, please right now today, just take two minutes, go on there, just write something about us on the Apple Podcast, give us five stars, and then screenshot it and send it to me at paul at lashcastpodcast.com. And then at the end of this month, we're going to do a drawing and we're going to pick a winner. All right, so that's the first announcement. Second one, guys, we really want you to be a Lashcast Insider. What is that? Well, a Lashcast Insider is someone who basically gets all the inside scoop of what we're doing, gets our trainings, information first, get our discounts to Lashcon, discounts to any of our webinars. You will get anything we do, you will know about first, and you always will get a discount code, okay? So I want you right now to just put it on your checklist. When this is done, go to our Instagram page at Lashcast Podcast and click on the link in the bio. And then just fill out the little thing. Just It's just your name and email. It's really easy. You go right into our list. And then from this point forward, you will always get information about all the things that we do, where it's LashCon, where it's our webinars, where it's our trainings that are coming. Um, also, with our coaching program that's coming, you'll be put on the list for that. So it's really many, many benefits, and it's really easy to do and sign up. So do that today. I, I promise you, you will not regret. All right, guys, that's all I have for announcements. Let's get into this episode where we sit down with Allie and talk about how to build a following. I want to talk about was building the following and not branding is part of that, but it's more than just branding. But there are really two companies I, I would say in the last two years have done some, uh, uh, you and Untamed Artistry. I just feel like when it comes to brands that are just like, boom, just changing the market, growing much more quickly. Like I did last year, I, I was tracking brands like how quickly are they growing? And I literally went through and I tracked everyone every week. And I took the top 50 brands in their industry. And some brands are just flatline right now. They're just like no growth. But you, Cheryl with Untamed, and a couple of like Jamie with Lash Base Jamie. No, there's like really big growth every week. You guys are one, two, three, four hundred new people following every week. Some people, they have like 30,000 followers. But if you look a year ago, they have 30,000 followers. Right. So they haven't hacked the system. They haven't, don't realize that you can't just keep... By being big doesn't just draw more people to you. That's not, mm-hmm. not enough reason. You have to keep no. growing. So if anything, I'd say it draws less people to you. So you have to work harder. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Because your engagement's so much lower. So now, exactly. Inga- now Instagram thinks, well, you're not really engaging. So your rankings go down, and they don't share your content as much because it gets harder and harder the bigger you get. So exactly. when you first start doing, you know, now we're going to talk about building a following, what that means, and just to compare notes so people can see what I mean, contrast. I've shared this earlier. When we, we start a similar time and you look at our following, we're at 13,000 people. And then we look at, That's it's legit. fine. It's actually good. It's legit. But I, but, but then we looked at you and went, holy mackerel, she's at 34,000, 34.5. So you're doing something different than we're not doing. And that's humbling for me because like, oh, crap. But you're doing something right. And it's not just your colors. There's more to it. Right. Do you have a strategy or maybe over the years, a strategy's kind of grown as you've gotten better or better at it? How do you approach building the following? So the one thing that I really try to do as far as strategy, but I also don't do very well, is staying consistent. I notice that... 
I get a lot more engagement if I do stay consistent. I post like five days a week or whatever. Yeah. I just rolled my eyes because like sometimes it can become such a chore. Yeah. Especially 2020 that like we've talked about this before. There were seriously like four months there where I was like, I don't want to talk to a single person. I'm so fucking depressed. Like I don't feel like posting and acting like I feel funny or anything right now because I just didn't. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think that it really ruined my engagement or my growth hmm. that much for not posting for a while. So I don't know. Like, I don't know how much consistency really matters. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, but- someone that's sh- stark contrast who's done the same thing as you is Lana from Lux Uncut. For a while, she would post maybe once a week. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And she was still growing like to 20, 30,000 followers barely posting at all but when she posted holy mackerel she was engagement so much engagement it's like people were waiting by their seat of their pants as this to get on comment and and so forth and then also but she did do stories every day i remember she did she was totally into stories just wasn't into posting on her wall that often yeah and she is super engaged with everybody so yeah there's engagement where you comment back to people in your comments or whatever yeah but also commenting on other people's photos, which is, I don't know, I just think it's really important. And then also how you were saying she had her stories up every day, people probably responded to those stories. And I know for a fact, she was responding to every single person that responded to her stories. And I think that that is maybe like the number one thing you can do is just making sure that you are getting back to everybody, even if it's like, fucking annoying takes forever yeah no the dms can be a, a time killer i mean i just had tusney sit down we had messages emails uh, our facebook group dms and i finally and with a lot of them because they're very technical I'm like tuss i need you to sit down for an hour or two and just respond to all these people so once a week now on thursdays is my day for her usually where she's going to, I'm just going to give her my computer and my DMs because she doesn't like any of that stuff. She hates email, DMs, social media, all that. So I'm <laughs> going to be like, you have to sit down and respond to all these people because they really trust us. They want feedback. Mm-hmm. They want, imp- and there is a line there. I mean, but at the same time, I don't want to just be like, screw all of you. I don't care. I very much like Gary Vee. Gary Vee always talks about this much. I know you're a Gary Vee fan that he's all like, I know all my CEO friends make fun of me because I'm still responding to people. He's like, but I am going deep with my followers. I'm not going to be that guy that's wide and shallow, which he is now very wide, but he goes mm-hmm. deep with people. And I think people, that's a long-term strategy for a win because you do mm-hmm. spend that time. Even if it's not putting a dime in your pocket, it's, it's still a long-term win because these people are going to love and adore you. Side note, when you engage, do, do you set time aside every day? Say, okay, I'm going to go on for a half hour, 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 whatever it is, and respond to other people's posts. Not just respond to my stuff, but actually go in and exchange ideas with other people. I guess I have to be really honest. No. <laughs> okay. Did you <laughs> I do that love at all? you. Did you do that at any point? Was that maybe when you were getting started or you just never, never had to do that? I haven't because it feels icky and like not really like something I would do. Okay. If I see like on my follower, like people I'm following, if I see posts that are badass, like I'll say that, like this yeah. is badass. Or when people, so like once a week, this is something that I've been doing once a week when people tag me and stuff, I'll go back through and like comment. Or if I'm on Instagram and somebody tags me and I see it in the moment, I'll immediately try to comment and like share their post to even just if it's to my other account, just so that their post got shared or I'll like save it or whatever to help with their engagement. But no, I've never gone on random just People. like comment page and which is something I know Gary V tells you is that you go on the, he calls it, I forget my two cent strategy or dollar 98 strategy where he goes out and says every day, find hashtags and then find certain people that have posts that you like comment on that. And you're going to build a following. And I, and I think that's a great way when you're new to just get someone to notice that you exist. Cause mm-hmm. uh, if you have no followers, how are people going to find you? So the best way is to start posts on other pages, but it also is a little inauthentic, right? It's a little like you're manipulating people a little bit. Yeah, I think that's why I don't do it. But I was going to say, I guess in the beginning, when I first started my Instagram, I did go on all of my clients and I would definitely say things to them like, like, oh, girl, I see your lashes in that photo looking good, whatever, just so that like their friends would be like, oh, that might be her lash girl. And they click on me. So definitely when it comes to like getting clients, I think with me, since I've transitioned from clients into like trying to 
gain students. Yeah. I just felt like it was like, I've had other teachers or educators, I guess, come on my pictures and say things to my students. <laughs> and I'm like, ew, that's sleazy. <laughs> like, get off my page. Like, yeah. Get away. I never wanted to be that person. <laughs> well, it's kind of like going into someone else's salon and going, I love your haircut. By the way, I'm a haircut stylist. Here's my card. And they're like, what? Right. Why are you well, in my hair salon? <laughs> exactly. And like, as a brand and with like a brand logo as my picture, like if I was just commenting on random people's accounts that I don't follow, I feel like they'd look at that and they'd be like, oh God, that person just wants me to buy their product. Like that's an inauthentic compliment. And I 100% of the time only give authentic compliments exactly like what is in my head will be what I type. Yeah. I try not to ever just say something just to say something. Yeah. I think being authentic, as I say, is one of the keys, I think, on social media. And, he, and people can smell it out. Even I think more it's than one of the now. reasons why people like you too, because they know that what they're getting is the real deal. Yeah. My dad has always said, I joke about this, but he's always been like, yeah, it's your blessing and your curse. Like you're just a little bit direct. <laughs> Luckily, he likes it. Some people don't like it. <laughs> I can definitely, like, I've been working on my approach, (laughs) but as far as that's concerned and growth on social media, I feel like maybe that is what it is, is like, if I'm thinking something, I'll definitely say it. I also am not afraid to just get goofy. I love making memes. I love doing stupid shit just to see if anyone likes it because I think it's funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Love it. I think that's actually a big part of why actually how I've grown my social media now that I'm thinking about it. Cause when you be- look back and you're like, what is it? You look at your top like nine posts or whatever. Mm-hmm. So mine from 2020 were my top posts were literally all of my TikToks and memes. Of course. And so, yeah, like when they end up on the Explorer page or they get shared or whatever, people are like, Oh, this person's actually like kind of funny. Like there's entertainment there. It's not just like all sales, all education. Like I definitely try to get a variety in just because I don't know, I have a variety in my actual real life. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's three things that I I look at what we need to do and we really only hit on one really hard. It's either educational, inspirational, or entertaining. Those three. Mm -hmm. The last one has to have the finish. And I think most people, if you be entertaining, that's like the highest value and even better entertaining and educational. Then you've really hit the gold mine. But I think Mm -hmm. people we need, especially after 2020, right? Oh my gosh. Do we need to laugh once in a while and just blow steam and just forget about the nonsense of this world? Because man, if there's ever been an oppressive year, 2020 is the very definition of it. And I think all of us, that makes sense for you that people were totally attracted to that. And I guess I will, let me, let me ask this because I have some ideas about this, but I want to get your take on it. You've already shared, but maybe you can go a little deeper or maybe share a little bit more is what do you think was the key? I mean, why over the last three years have you gone from nothing to, you know, 34K? I mean, that's not something that's really done on a normal basis in our industry. Most people it's extraordinary. are very, you know, building 50, 20 followers a week, maybe 100, 200 a month. And most people are on this like thousands of people in a month. That's just not a normal trajectory for most brands and most companies. So what do you think that you've done differently that makes you uh, stand out? And then I'll show you why I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of it, I think, is honestly like, going to conventions and meeting people in real life and making those connections mm. and being able to collaborate with them online. Yeah. Collaborations like, are huge, right? Cause you've done a lot where you totally, you know, and I know you've done with top chef beauty and all mm-hmm. sorts of people where you've connected with educated artistry. Uh, you've just mm-hmm. done a great job of supporting other people and byproduct of that, of course, is people that support you. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a huge part of it. And then even just like, <laughs> Well, remember giveaways when they used to be awesome? Yeah. And now they're totally blocked and nobody can see them. I know. Now so, giveaways don't do anything. So you do a giveaway and no. like five people are like, yay, giveaway. And it's like Instagram's like, you will not promote this on the hard page. No. They it's- basically like block all of the giveaways now. That was a big thing, but that also was collaboration. Yeah. Um, just with the other brands and getting in front of their audiences. I personally got into Instagramming and social media 
at a really good time with my brand. Because like, if we're talking about like me, when I was Lash Lily, that wasn't, I mean, it was growing, but it wasn't growing like Lash Anarchist was growing. And so I think for me, because I put out such a unique brand that was almost shocking, Mm -hmm. like people were like, whoa, what is this? Like flipping people off. (laughs) Yeah. Like, wait, we're allowed to do that. Like fluorescent colors? Like really? Yeah. Yeah. We don't all have to be like spa related and just, but also like I come from the hair world where everything is wild. Yeah, absolutely. When I used to go to like the Vegas show, when I was in hair school, I was like, oh my God, this is where I belong. And then I didn't like doing hair. And I was like, oh shit, that's not where I go. I mean, the the big contrast, right? You go to the IBS side and it's like a party. And then you go to the IECSC side and it's like quiet, like a a library, library, white carpet. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so boring. Estheticians are so boring compared to hairstylists, right? (laughs) So boring. But now there's that nice big middle section and all the lashers are in the middle. So it's like- it's like a medium party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got the best of both worlds. We were serious, but we can have fun at the same time. Exactly. Well, I know we can have fun if any of our parties have shown anything like yeah. that. Oh my gosh. Artists are very much like hairstylists in the way that we like to get oh. down. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, LashCon was a perfect example. We broke mm-hmm. the bar. We literally broke the bar. They ran out of so much alcohol at the end of the thing. said, next time, guys, you're here, which is November 6th or 8th of 2021. Next time we're here, they're like, we will stock up a so whole never lot had more. anybody order as much. That, we just thought, oh, a bunch of women coming. It's not going to be heavy drinkers. They're not going to be crazy partiers. They'll just be like, no, no. That's hilarious. No. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, they didn't, no. They're like, no, the guys, these are beauty professionals. They they specialize in this. <laughs> <laughs> we specialize in partying, okay? Yes, yes. Like, don't. But I think a lot of us come from so many different backgrounds, like, we didn't just start in the beauty industry. Like not a lot of people leave high school and get into the beauty industry. Like a lot of us that I know about used to be restaurant workers, bar workers ourselves. Like we're kind of a rowdy bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> yes. Well, let me share, unless you had something else, let me share what I think happened and what really makes you stand out and why you cr- attract so much attention. Are you you want to hear my, okay. my two cents? Yes. All right. Yes. And I'm going to use you and Cheryl uh, from Untamed as an examples. What we have in our industry is basically we've had, I'd say, different generations. Like you started in the old days, you have Nova, Extreme. You know, they were the leaders at one point, and then they kind of faded. Then the next wave was Sugar Lash, Borbaletta Beauty, which, by the way, they did Borbaletta Beauty because they didn't want lashes in their name for the same reason that your mom was thinking is they want to be more than just a lash company eventually. And you have that wave, and they kind of take over the industry. And then a few years ago – a new wave. And this new wave is really, I'm most excited about. And I mean, I love Borbaletta, Sugar Lash, and these other companies too. They're great. They have their place and they're doing good things for our industry. But then you pop up and then Cheryl pops up and then Live Bay pops up and Lost Artistry pops up and you guys all explode when everyone's saying there's no more room in the market. The market's done. There's no yeah. one can start a brand today and do big things. Sure, you can become a regional brand and maybe serve your community with lashes, but no one's going to become a national brand. No one's going to grow and become big because you can't. The market's too full. Mm-hmm. But what happened is that people like you, maybe unintentionally, you guys niche down even deeper into mm-hmm. identity because people mm-hmm. have identities and they all think – I'm this. And they look at a brand like, let's say, Borbaletta, Sugar Lash, which are very beautiful, right? And they're very high end and very elegant. And you, you look at Sugar Lash, you're like, oh, it's Chanel. And if you, you look at Borbaletta, it's, oh, it's so cute and butterflies. And it's just good feelings and warm feelings and all this stuff. But then here comes this person's like, F all you guys. And it's like, I'm doing it my <laughs> way. And people are like, that's me. That's my brand. Yeah. I do not identify with Barbara. I do not identify with Sugar Lash. I don't identify with Nova. That's not me. I'm I'm a rebel. I'm the one that's like like stir it up. I want to have fun. I want to like test the boundaries. I want to try new things. I don't want to just do the status quo. And you were the first brand that said that's okay. You can yeah. totally blow out the status quo. You can do things differently. You can do it your way, and you can succeed. And holy mackerel, is that message? relevant more than ever today and people were just so drawn to that message that brand that idea that they love it and i think and that's the same thing with uh, with cheryl cheryl went the other way she went are you an outsider are you an outcast are you a nerd do you don't really feel like you fit in at the parties you don't really fit in with the group with the gang 
are you that person? And people are like, yeah, that's me. I'm the outsider. I'm the nerd. I'm the one. I, I hate parties. I don't do good at big groups. I don't belong in all that. I just want to be part of a family of nerds that really love and, and get geeky and all that. And then all of a sudden Cheryl blew. I mean, she got 20,000 followers like in one year. I mean, she mm-hmm. blew up really fast. And that's because she also hit a market that says, I don't feel like I connect with these other brands. And I think that's what you guys both did. You created a brand that people are like, that's me. I yeah. identify with that. I can't be the high end. I'm not, you know, I'm oh. foul mouthed. I'm, you know, whatever. That's, yeah. I want to identify I, I'm with that. I'm not sexy like Lena uh, over at Lashmakers. I'm not going to be showing my boobs everywhere. I'm going to be the party gal. I'm going to be the fun person. I'm going to be the one that everyone wants to hang out with when we have our get, get togethers and they identified with that. And I, or, or they aspire to be that way. Maybe they feel like I'm not that way, but I want to be that way. So I want to go to a brand that helps me, empowers me to feel that way and hopefully grow into that person because they look up to you. They really see you as that person they want to be one day. So I think that's why your brand literally took the world by fire versus so many other brands. I've known a lot of people who've started brands even longer than you who today still are just just moving along because we look at their page and, well, it's nice, but it Mm -hmm. looks pretty much like everyone else. And there's no strong identity of who they are. So that's my compliments to you. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Well, I think that that's when it gets like deeper into branding again, like I love branding so much, but like not just on a scale of like, it's not your colors. It's not your logo. It's not your fonts, whatever. Like that's your brand kit. But like, you need to have like a motto that you literally, like you believe you need to have like a company statement, I guess. I don't necessarily have one, but I well, know what's exactly your motto. What it would be. I think I know it, but it's fuck it. Have fun. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Like you said, you did personality tests for everybody in your company. Yeah. I also had, like I did personality tests or I do whatever. Every single time I come out as like the Enneagram, I'm a seven. I'm the enthusiast. Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. That other one, I can't figure out what it's called. It's the campaigner, but it's basically the exact same thing. Yeah. And I'm always like, I'm motivated by fun and I've quit like a thousand jobs. But as <laughs> soon as that job becomes not fun anymore, I know I'm quitting Yeah. yeah. and I'm moving forward. So for me, I was like, I want to create a brand that's literally just fun. But also I didn't even think about what you just said. Like, I also created representation for people who had none in the industry before. So maybe somebody who is a little bit more wild or has tattoos and says swear words and doesn't want to be professional and I don't want to dress up and have perfect hair or whatever. Honestly, (laughs) I did want to be the anti-Borboletta and Sugar Lash. I don't love giant companies who are just like all inclusive, like corporate, I guess. One of the things that I looked at when I was looking at different companies, when I was thinking about starting my own lash line, I always looked to the the hair industry, like I said, but I was like, I love Paul Mitchell and I love who he is and like everything about the brand, whatever. Yeah. But like my favorite brands are like Hair Story, yep. which is just a tiny little, but they're wacky and they do shit their own way. And yeah. I love that. Do you like Pulp Riot? Yes, I love Pulp Riot. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say Pulp Riot's the same kind of ideology, I think. Yeah. And it's cool because I think that there's room in the industry for all of them, but there really wasn't much of that going on a few years ago. And I was like, how do I create a line or a brand, I guess, that's more of more boutique than it is like corporate uh, monster. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I wanted to just kind of like prove like, you don't have to just have this giant thing. Like people get overwhelmed. They're like, I want to start a lash line, but I have to teach and I have to get employees and customer service and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, first of all, I do all that, but I do it at such a smaller scale. I think people would be surprised. Like sometimes it seems like I do so much or we do so much with my company, but we really are very small. Like there's three of us running this whole deal and my husband still puts together your orders every single day. Like it's, (laughs) and, and we don't necessarily want to get much bigger. Yeah. That's not really like our goal, Mm -hmm. but I just wanted it to be fun. And I wanted a boutique situation where I could just focus down, like niche down on the things that I like, which is volume, mega volume. I mean, I even did it with my classes. Like I used to teach classic volume, mega volume, you know, and you could choose from those three, but now I literally only teach layer slayer because it's my favorite thing. Yeah. It's your technique. It's your style. It's your way of doing, which is great. And I think that's where the industry is moving. I really think it's getting away Mm -hmm. from 
generic one size fits all into what's your niche? What do you do well? Like one person creates a great lash line, uh, like looks like a strip lash, and the other person does la- like layers like you do, and that person does a certain style of American volume or Russian volume, but with a new twist to it. So it's like that's more interesting to me, I think, as opposed to oh, everyone just teach volume. Yeah, I definitely think so too. And I do see a place for all of them. I think that every training has a place. Like, so when people reach out to me and they're like, Hey, I'm still not very comfortable with classic, but I would like to take your layer slayer. I'm like, hell no. Like (laughs) go to EBL and get a class or whatever. Like I'll refer them to a big dog. And I'm like, you need to brush up your skills on this. Because I'm not going to be teaching you mega volume fans without a model in one day. Yeah. That's something that I've learned too. You kind of have to like vet uh, future students now because they don't exactly know what they need, but they're just looking for guidance. So that's something that I'm doing a lot more. Not every single person is, is the perfect match and you helping them figure out what that is, is a service. You're interested. Thanks for that interest, but I'm not going to serve you that well. Now, Tustany right. does not like teaching new lash artists either. We've decided when we launch our training or relaunch it this year, she's it's going to be experienced people only. We're just not going to it, teach It's people. not that I don't respect for, she hates for, them. for no, people. She hates them. sound terrible. We are all beginners and we've got to start somewhere. Uh, but Sorry, beginners. No, the thing is, is with my technique and the longevity, it's just that it requires so much muscle control and you don't even know if you want to do it at yeah. the point when you're just starting. And like you said, how can you do mega volume? And like, you know, if you've never picked up tweezers, you know, yeah. it's. And our angle is all about longevity. We're going to be teaching how both with volume and with classic, you can get lashes that last four weeks and look good for four yeah. weeks, not just last, but actually look good for four weeks. And that's going to be our angle. And that's going to be our focus. And it will be a different thing, hopefully in our industry that helps people out, but it's a specific skill that we're going to try to teach. It's still niching down too. like you still have a specific thing that you're pushing. That's another thing. I feel like everybody wants to throw in the everything in the kitchen sink into their trainings. But it's like, no, actually, you should really focus on one point and kind of stick to it. Because the hair world's like that, right? I mean, the hair world, they go around, they have trainings all over the country. These people, Mm -hmm. they're not teaching you from beginner how to cut hair. I mean, no, no, it's crazy. School is for. Yeah, that's what school is for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm saying like these big companies and these big trainings, like they have their place, yeah. like how you don't like teaching newbies. I also don't like teaching newbies. It's not my thing. So I won't give that experience to somebody. I'm like, I'm not going to give you the best experience. Go to somebody who wants to teach you. Yeah. Like you're going to get so much better education and information that way. And it's probably going to be a better day because yeah. I'm going to be bored and frustrated. No, Live Bay, Borboletta, all those companies have really <laughs> strong, I think, beginning training programs set up mm-hmm. and it's tailor made for that person and they specialize in it. So go for it. Yeah. Go with those people. Now yes. for, for you with building your brand, I mean, we did, you talked about this a little bit, maybe we can go a little bit more because I think building your following is, I, I mean, I, I, I literally, your, your brand may be my favorite. You and Cheryl are my two favorites. That's probably why I've thought Aww. about your brands the most. Because I, I, the truth is, we still struggle with our identity. We, we still, as a brand, uh, actually, you know what? Let me do this. Let me just ask you this. We may cut this out if this doesn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like you. To, if you look, you know, I'm sure you know enough about us that you've seen our brand around. What do you, when you look at our brand, you go, man, you know what? I if I was... Yeah, and this is okay. You will not hurt my feelings, really. I, I we love learning. We love taking it. Um, but you know, if you look at our brand, you're like, you know what, guys? If I was you, I would do something different. I, you know, I just I don't really think this is best for your it's brand. Not it's not it, not connecting with our audience. We're, you're not going where I would take it if I was running Lashcast. Can I just say yeah. something? Can I preface this? Yeah, I'm pulling up your yes. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I actually looked at our stuff last night. And I went to bed. She cried. No, I went to bed and I had to keep telling myself the truth. Like, what's the truth, right? Because I was so mm-hmm. discouraged about, I just don't think it's, it's, it's not, where it, it's not where it needs to be. I'm glad we have it. And, I, you know, I used to get mad at you all the time. It doesn't look right. That's the wrong font. Eh. Yeah. And I'm like, and, what'd you do? why'd you put that picture? But, but Tusney doesn't do anything I don't. With so brand. now I'm just like, thank goodness it gets done. And I'm just like, okay, it's good enough. But it's like. We're very much a good enough right now because we want to do better, but we really believe it's good enough because I'm a 55-year-old man trying to communicate to 20-year-olds. So I get it. It's not exactly on point all the time. I'm, there's a cultural gap, obviously, at times. 
But mm-hmm. that all said, as all our disclaimers have been thrown out there, now you've had a chance to look at it. And maybe you thought about us a little bit like, I know Paul and Tuss. What am I thinking? If you were like grading us, how would you approach it or how would you improve it, I guess? Have you guys read the book, A Brand Story or listened to it, heard of it? Oh, uh, Donald Miller? Yeah. Yeah, Donald Miller. Yeah, I, I don't brand. know. Yeah, I wait. don't know. I just said, yeah, and I or don't Or Brand know. Story. Story Brand? Story Brand? Or- story Brand. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's yeah. Donald Miller. Donald Miller yes. We love him. Yes, we love Mr. Okay. Miller. I would just say with you, because I feel like same thing, like it, it's like you have it all right, but you're just like missing maybe like one little thing. But Paul, I love what you just said. You were like, I'm a 50 something year old man trying to talk to 20 year olds. I think you should play on that and just make it funny and like make dad jokes because you are a dad. Like yeah. people want to know exactly who you are. And I feel like maybe if you guys had like you infused your story into it a little bit more. I don't know, maybe people like the Geico ads where they're like trying to teach people how not to be like a, a dad, like as, as they sit Geico, down. Yes. Like, it's a, I think it's progressive. Progressive or whatever I think that's where bad advertising because we don't know what company it is. But I think we've hit off that a little bit. We use this idea of me being Uncle Paul. And some people actually mm-hmm. call me now Uncle Paul because I've at times used that persona. You don't know this, but we actually call you Daddy Paul because anytime <laughs> there's like a big, crazy whatever the fuck explosion in the lash industry we're like i wonder if daddy paul is gonna come in and fix it (laughs) (laughs) and i've had a few moments like that where i've called and feel i've been waiting for your call i'm like oh god (laughs) godfather (laughs) it's so true though yeah we call you daddy paul behind your back that's okay i love that i think that's fun i want to be called big daddy i think that's even better daddy I have to gain some weight, but... Uh, I was going to say, you're going to have to bulk up for yeah. that one. Sorry, buddy. Gain 100 pounds and that can be Big Daddy Paul. But uh, Daddy Paul for now. That's pretty funny. But you're right. I mean, that the main playing into your, what some would perceive a weakness because there mm-hmm. is an issue there. Actually, another company we love called Strategies, the owner of the company is like 75 years old. His name's Neil Dukoff. And in, in, in the beauty world, he is one of the big guys. Everyone knows him in the, in the beauty world, hair world. He's kind of like... Um, who did we recently had? Um, Win Claybaugh. Win oh, Win, yeah. 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 There are certain people, they are like mainstays of the of the hair world. And, and Neil's mm-hmm. in that same ballpark. A lot of the, no one in the last world knows him. But he's 75. And when he's online- Was he at LashCon? No, he was not. But his company was there. We had a couple of his, of his, his trainers or coaches there. They're great guys. Um, there's a whole team. They have like 30 coaches or whatever. And they're super they're expensive. They're like $12,000 a year if you want to get coached by them. But they're really yeah. best for salons. They're not really good for individual people. But that said, Neil's an old guy. And I love him. I think he's witty. I think he's funny. But there is a disconnect when I think I showed some people, said, hey, you should go follow strategies. They got great stuff. They're going to help you. And they went, they got back and went, but it's an old man. <laughs> like, I don't connect with him. I don't understand him. It's very weird yeah. for me. And I realized, oh, is that what people see me as? Like, I'm not as old as Neil, but I'm definitely not young as pretty much 80% of our industry is well, 20 to 30 think years about old. This, like, how old is your oldest kid? 29. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Both, like you're talking to your kids. Yeah. Yeah. We are like, talking literally, to our kids. Yeah. yeah. There's our tw- so many girls in the industry that are in their twenties and they're like, this dude's my dad. Yeah. But like, that's why I would call you daddy Paul. <laughs> <laughs> It's come full circle. Uh, I think that it's something that you just have to like acknowledge and like play off of. And also the fact that you guys are a married couple, you can make that really funny. Yeah. I think entertainment is honestly like one of the biggest things that keeps people around. They're like, yeah, you're great tips all day, but like if it's not, but you guys are good at being silly too. But not enough. I think I I agree. We're always... So I feel like stretch for time and all that, that I cut out love, the silliness. And I'm like, we really mm-hmm. finding that fun. In fact, I was telling Tuss, I mean, I used to blog and I used to do other stuff. And that was really, my goal was to make people laugh. It wasn't so much to educate mm-hmm. people. Now I've, I've flipped it. My job is always trying to educate. I need to find mm-hmm. that middle ground. I need to find like, I need to make people laugh and I need to educate them. And sometimes I nail it, but most of the time I lean towards this education because it's faster and easier than mm-hmm. being funny. Being brilliant and funny I think it's much harder. Like I I came out of Hollywood and I think a great comedy is much more rare than a great drama. Oh, I totally agree. You know, it's so hard to make a comedy that's, that just supersedes everything and it's just brilliant because it's more risk. 
You know what I just watched like twice? <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> it's like uh, it was like the behind the scenes of Elf. They uh, have that on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, we you saw that. that documentary. Oh, too. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah. yeah. So cute and so funny. But what I love about that story is Elf was they tried to change it into something that it wasn't like many times. Yeah. But because the producers and the writers stuck to their guns and they were like, no, we want this to be a family movie that can be a classic. It ended up being a classic, yeah. but it's it's almost like understated. Like the humor in it is mm. understated. Like they were saying like it was hard with uh, Will Ferrell because he's supposed to be seen as this like- the party guy. <laughs> yeah, well, they wanted him to be this elf, right? Who yeah. was like family friendly. But then they're like, but he's Frank the Tank. He's yeah. literally running down the street naked. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And so the way that they executed it and they just stuck to their story and they stuck to their truth. It is a classic that like literally I'll be watching for the rest of my yeah. life. I'll yeah. watch it on my deathbed. I'll yeah. be like, bring out Elf. I'll watch it one more time. Exactly. <laughs> I lo- it's actually probably one of my favorite movies that were ever made. Yeah. I love Will Ferrell, but I just think that's a big part of it is just really just sticking to your story and not letting anybody change it. And that's actually something with Instagram that I struggle with often is I'll get to a point where I feel like I'm not having any engagement or whatever. And I'm like, I kind of panic and I'm like, well, what do people want to see from me? Like, what am I doing wrong? But what I realized, like what I'm doing wrong is I'm thinking about it too much. And I'm not just like posting things that I think are funny. I start to get too strategic and then it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think we need to be aware of our audience and what they want and need. But at the same time, you have to balance it out where you're not going to provide things that they want if it's not you. If you're providing something that's totally opposite of you, like I'm going to come off as the wise old man and I'm not wise, even though I'm old. And so it's just not, you know, it just doesn't, it's not going to be the way to go. It has to be a little bit different. It has to be really still true to who I am and my behavior. Otherwise you're faking it and you're, you're going to burn out. I think Instagram, that's why I think people do burn out in Instagram because they Mm -hmm. keep trying to perform like a monkey for all these people. And eventually like, I'm done smashing the symbols together. I hate that toy. I'm done. I'm going to just go and bury my head. And this last year it happened. I mean, there's some big people that I love and I look up to. Who just gone, done. Bye. Something else. Yeah. I actually posted kind of about that this morning, but not in the same way. Like Instagram came out and they were like, our algorithms change. This is what you need to do to get your engagement up. And I'm like over here thinking like, well, fuck you. Like, I don't want to make three reels a week, (laughs) but like they actually told you what to do to make your I don't know. So now it just, to me, it feels more controlling and it bugs me, but. That's your rebel in you coming yeah, out. Exactly. <laughs> I don't, don't like, want to jump what? through those hoops. You'll tell me what to do. Exactly. I'd rather try to figure out what I'm supposed to do. Like we've always been, but now you're giving me rules. I don't like it. No. Um, By the way, where is that? Cause I, I always hear people like, Oh, I know the new algorithms. I know where does Instagram put that stuff out? I'm sure a lot of people would love to know that. So Instagram doesn't ever put it out. Okay. Except for this one last time. Oh, this really? most recent. I don't know. I'm like a conspiracy theorist, though. Yeah, you I guys know. should know that. <laughs> yeah, I know that. <laughs> what are they doing? What are they planning? Like, mm-hmm. they're trying to take out TikTok is my theory. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. By making you have to do three reels a week. Yeah, they took over Snapchat. I mean, Snapchat was taking over the world, and then they came up with their Snapchat, basically. And now TikTok's the same thing. Which is great because they actually made Snapchat easier, but with Reels, they're really just not making it any easier and they're kind of fucking up a good thing. Yeah, so. the music problems, like if you're a business, you, uh, like, I, what? <laughs> you have to change to creator. I changed to creator. Not okay. much has changed, except for I'm like, I wonder what I agreed to when I changed to creator. <laughs> what did you hand over to them, the keys to the kingdom? Like they own your company now, by the way, just so you know. I actually heard something like that the other day and it freaked me out i'll have to ask alex about it but she was saying something like if your name on instagram is the same as the domain or if you didn't have your domain before you had your instagram name oh, that's right they own the name yep. of your domain like www and i was like what the fuck i read that too it's like wait a minute <laughs> you can't do that you can't do that they're all like, they don't care about us we're no. little guys but like imagine if you were like i don't toys know toys rs to- let's say they came back with a toy company again exactly and then toys r us brand now (laughs) yeah i was gonna say like google or or something (laughs) but they like they get to a point where they're so big that instagram could just be like oh nope i own your name bye kick you off deuces like 
it's freaky, but I'm also like, whatever. Yeah. What are you going to do to stop it? Yeah, they're not <laughs> coming after last cast. They don't care. <laughs> no, exactly. So Instagram just put out that algorithm. I think I saw it. Like a news story? I, think I just saw it in a blog. Okay. So I don't even know where they originally put it. Interesting. Yeah, I think with the reels, whatever. But that's why this morning I was like, I did a reel of how I do my hair, which is just so disgusting. Um, is that why you wear a beanie I was like, all the time? Happy Instagram. <laughs> yeah. No, I literally take it out of a beanie and then I spray dry shampoo in my bangs and then I curl them and then I reapply my beanie. Yeah. And that's my reel. Oh, that's <laughs> great. That's funny. That's very funny. It's beautiful. It's my best reel yet. But actually, it's my only reel. There you go. Well, Sheila's going to get you on that. She's going to kick your butt if you don't get those reels going. I know that. <laughs> I'll make those reels, but I'm not going to make them informative. Fuck you, Instagram. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Another thing, too, it's hard for me. Tell me what to do. I know. We, for some reason, I know reels will expand from 15 to 30 seconds. Ours is still 15 seconds. They will not give us 30 seconds. And I can't find out why my account, I actually tried to change it. Like I, I changed what type of status account it was back and forth and to the point where they banned me from playing with my account for a while. They said, you got play with your account for two weeks because you've messed up with it too many times. And then I thought, well, hopefully it'll reset and I'll get 30 seconds. Nope. I can only make 15 second reels still to this day. No one, we can't make anything. And uh, it just sucks. Honestly, about one week ago, I got music and fonts and I was like, what? Like Instagram is done punishing me. What's going on? And that's when the algorithm changed. Huh. Maybe it was two weeks ago. And then my music was super weird. And somebody suggested switching to a creator account, which I did. And now I have the regular music, like yeah. just mainstream music or whatever. Yeah. But also my engagement is extremely low and it uh, happened exactly when they switched that over. So I don't really know what they're doing. It's honestly. funny. I noticed that cause I actually, I don't know if you know this tool, it's called Upfluence. And if you don't have this, you should definitely check it out. There is a paid service for Upfluence, but you don't have to get the paid one. It's a, actually a plugin that you can get onto your Chrome account on your computer. It's not on your phone on the, on the app itself. And then you basically can track what their average comments are, the average likes are, what their average engagement is. Like for instance, your engagement is 1.38, just so you know. That's actually- What is it, percent? Yeah, percent, 1.38. Anything between one and three is a considered really good engagement. So you have great engagement on your page. But, oh, I'm like, wow, that sounds really low. Yeah, I know. That's, <laughs> that's really actually considered good. It's good. Uh, but then when you go through and you look at your, your account, like your account since October has gone from 31K up to 34K. So you gained 3,000 followers in the last three months, four or five months. And it tells you what your average engagement is every month. So right now in December, your engagement, you are getting 508 people engaging per app, per post. But in January, it dropped to 328. So it's naturally, you just said, mm -hmm. you saw your engagement dropped when the, everything changed. Like literally two weeks ago. And the way that I gauge it really is like how many people, oh, and that thing with Europe too. Are you guys getting that little message? They're like, engagement might be different based on the new privacy laws in Europe. Yep. So we can't see if people in Europe are engaging with our stuff because their government actually protects them with privacy. Yeah. So how I notice it though, is story views. This is actually kind of funny. Normally I'll have between like 1,000, like 1,500 to like maybe 2,000 story views. Yeah. And that's, I, I don't know. I thought that that was like normal for the amount of followers I have, whatever. But the second this switched, I noticed like my story views have gone to like two to 400. Wow. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's a 10%, huge change. 5%. Yeah. Like that's fucked up. That's really low. I also noticed back when you know, good old 2020, like all this stuff was going around. I really did like, I would go down the rabbit hole on Instagram with conspiracy theories because <laughs> I'm curiosity killed the cat. Like I'm the cat. I have to know both sides of everything. Yeah. So I'll go down the rabbit hole on this side of an issue. And then I'll go down the rabbit hole on the other side of the issue. And I would never comment. I would never like, I was just always being a creeper, just looking, but like, I noticed the same thing would happen is my story views would go completely down huh. if I was looking at certain accounts. Wow. So 
I kind of hacked that system. And now I only look at conspiracies from my personal account, which is fine because <laughs> nobody gives a fuck about yeah. me on there anyway. But seriously, I'll not look at something like that for like three days and my story views are right back up. Wow. But Interesting. Ever since They're this punishing day, you for basically bad ideas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. I don't know what they they just don't want people talking about certain things, I suppose. But like, I wouldn't even say that if I didn't see it firsthand multiple times, tested it. Yeah. And I'm just like, Okay. I think we know now that Big Brother, which I think these tech companies kind of act like, they're, they're trying to protect us from ourselves at times. They're trying to mm -hmm. discourage certain types of thinking that doesn't line up with their ideology. And we've seen that enough times in political circles. Obviously, now mm -hmm. you've shown it in this circle, which is very interesting to me. And I kind of always felt this was going on. But mm -hmm. I, I think it's pretty sure a sure thing that they do control the information. Oh, yeah, totally. So when this first happened, when like all of a sudden I noticed my stories were not like being seen, I was like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> but then when I started like looking it up, it was like they really did do a big change. But at the same time, I got the new fonts on stories. And then I also got music on my reels because before that I, I couldn't even use music on my reels yeah so I was like I don't know how you expect me to use reels when I can't even use the music yeah and then music on my stories so I was like something changed but I was totally right something changed yep. like they mm -hmm. literally said we changed our algorithm we changed they added like types of accounts that you can have like certain things so I was just like huh that's interesting I don't really know what to do about it at this point so a lot of this is out of our control, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, we're at the mercy of these companies and hopefully they'll treat us well. I do know exactly what you start to do about it at this point. You start your email list and you start yeah. growing your email list yes. because you never fucking know yeah. <laughs> when you're going to need it. You can't lose your email list and we can go down that one. That's a, I remember listening to you talk about that with Educate Artistry. And that was a yeah, great wow. talk. So if you want to talk about email, you got to go listen to Educate Artistry. Ali has some mm -hmm. great points on that because really email list is always been and always will be, at least for the short time, for the long time that I can see, the best way to market. I just went to a big conference in December, virtual that is, and they still said the number one tool, the number one tool in your tool of marketing tools, I guess, is email still. It's better than everything else. All that stuff's great. And I think even more now when we see certain companies are able to control the information you email you control the message you control what you do so it's, it's yeah way to go. exactly and i notice like direct income from emails too like i can post about a new a product being back in stock on instagram but like how many people are really seeing that yeah. compared to how many followers i have like the percentage wise is Fraction. super low yeah but when i send it in an email What's rad about it is it's people that have opted into my email because they're already buyers or they all, they care about what I'm selling. So when I send an email, it gets to the right people and yeah. it gets to them personally. Yeah, They don't have to open it, but they can still see the title. Totally. Well, I could keep going on with you, Allie. I knew that this was going to be a, a thing. A delight. You oh really, I, have, I know. We didn't get through that, some of the other stuff. I want to talk about training and other stuff. But uh, real quick, let's talk about this one thing so we can leave with uh, something that I know you are developed or are in the midst of launching. And that is the mm -hmm. Beauty Educators Workshop, which is something new, I think it sounds like. So I'd love for you to share with our audience. What is this thing that you're, you're in the lab developing right now? The Beauty Educators Workshop or Beauty Educators Blueprint Okay. Yeah. Workshop. I don't even know. Like we keep fucking up the name. I've just been calling it Beb, like B-E-B. -E -B. Okay. But yeah, it's the Beauty Educators Blueprint. Um, this is a class that we, I've been wanting to do for years, but I just didn't feel like the timing was on, I guess, or I was doing other things that were making me super busy. But then good old 2020 happened and I wasn't busy anymore. And, I, and my brain just starts moving when I'm not busy. But the thing that I've noticed the most about training is I always ask all my students where they want their career to be in three years from today. And I get about 50% of them saying they want to be salon owners. And then I get about 50% of them saying that they want to educate. Yeah. And so that's where this idea came from is instead of working against people and being like, no, you shouldn't educate. I want to be the only educator around because I'm scared you're going to take from me or whatever. I'm going to help them educate better. And that's what this whole program is built around is it's going to teach 
people who choose, I mean, the students of mine, but who are actual lash artists, how to get started, which I feel like is the number one problem, but get started building their own course so that they can end up educating in the future. Just like you don't have to build a big corporation like Borboletta, you don't have to be a big ass trainer that travels the whole world like Elena, lash makers. You can still just like educate. And this this goes for people. If you own a salon, like you're still going to have to educate the people that are going to work for you to do it the way that you want things done in your salon. So um, anyway, I love getting off on tangents, but basically (laughs) my, my course is about creating, branding, marketing your course and coming up with all of that and creating an experience. I think all of that's super important. I get really into branding. As you know, it's like a passion of mine, but I think each course should be branded even more so than just your overall general brand. Just like I have my layer slayer class. I don't call it the Lash Anarchist Mega Volume Mapping Course. Like it is the Layer Slayer class. I have Layer Slayer tweezers that are specific to the course that you can't buy outside of it. You know, we try to create this fun experience and that's why I did a workshop. Like I let you drink wine at the end. Like it's fun. (laughs) But anyway, just creating all of that. But then also at week four, it is a four week program. At the end, we teach you how to put it online, which we kind of are teaching you the whole time. But then at the end, we go really deep into some tech. So how to put your stuff online, how to film, how to edit, how to use iMovie, how to add in your own animations or draw your own graphics, or even like source that out. I was using Fiverr. Yeah. Using Upwork. Go to Upwork. That's a better option. (laughs) I'm going to check into Upwork. That sounds super cool. But yeah, yeah, basically I'm trying to give future educators the blueprint that I wished that I had when I was starting out educating. Um, And that's one of the things that I see in the future of our industry is it's not going to be like five trainers taking over it all. It's going to be a bunch of trainers. And like you said, really niching down and being able to teach exactly what their specialty is, even if it's like a one day workshop or whatever, but there's just going to be a lot of different options for education in the future. And so I'm trying to cater to that instead of work against it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's the trend right now, right? I mean, 2020, I think people already had that moving, but I think even more so I remember after 2019 at LashCon, I was talking to people like, what's coming next? I said, really now we've seen everything on the broad scale. Now it's time for people to start niching down on and finding their expertise. Cause I saw at LashCon, we saw people coming in who now had combined their fitness passion with lashes and they were helping like Milena with lash happy. That's a very mm-hmm. unique idea, but she was finding something she was really good at combining with lashes and then launching something new. And I said, that's really the future. We're going to see Thousands of incarnations of that, where people find what they're good at, what they love, and what they're niching at, and then they're going to combine that with lashes, and it's maybe some will be products, some will be training, some will be, who knows, the sky's the limit. It's it's an exciting time, because I feel like we've kind of ran the course of, you start start as a lasher, you become a trainer, and you start a brand. And that's just Mm kind of like the, the train that's been going for the last 15 years. And now people are beginning to say, well, I can do something different. Like, you know, I want to find my own voice or I don't want to have a giant company because, you know, Mm -hmm. more people, more problems. So maybe I'll just find a small company that can build that's more catered to what I like to be like, you know? So I think that's really cool. And and I'm glad to see you doing that because I think it's going to help people get faster to where they want to be versus just having to invent the wheel themselves. Yeah, for sure. And I'm seeing like a big trend of like coaching too, like business coaching, which I think is really cool. And it's specific to lash artists, but like, I just feel like we're kind of moving into a new age of information, especially with all the online courses where people are opening up about stuff. Like, honestly, when I started training, I couldn't get anybody to talk to me about it. Yeah. I just wanted to know the realities of it. And it's just like anything else. Like you were saying with new lash artists coming in, you're like, you don't even know if you want to do this, right? Like, I don't want to waste your money. I don't want to spend all this time, whatever. But I'm kind of under the same thing. It's like when people ask me about training or they ask me about their product line, I know that they're going to go out and try it anyway. So I'm like, 
why would I not teach these people or tell them the truth about it so that they can make a better informed decision? And I'm actually doing an application process for the course for the beauty educator blueprint because it's the same thing. Like I don't want people to get into this course who aren't ready to teach. I just feel really weird about taking people's money. If it's, if it's not something that I truly know that they need. Or if it's not a good um, match, right? yeah, Yeah, totally. Exactly. So yeah, I'm just trying to help people who I used to be (laughs) and help them like skip some of the mistakes that I've made. You know, there's a baby Paul out there who wants to do lashes instead of daddy Paul. We'll have baby Paul and uh, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> he's, he's ready exactly. to learn to do lashes and he needs to be taught how to be a trainer now. So when yeah. it, so it's not available yet, right? You're right now only taking look signups and all that. Yeah. We're just taking applications right now. Um, class starts on March 8th. Okay. So, so, so a little ways away. Yeah. We've got, we've got like six weeks. We're basically, we're doing that so that we can really look through everybody's applications and make sure that we're doing the right thing. Yeah. No, that's really cool. And what's it going to cost? Uh, do you have a price for it yet? Yeah, it's twenty nine seventy. So it's just under three grand. We do have like a payment system so you can break it up into four payments. Okay. But I also made it expensive that way. Like, you know, that my workshop is, it's like less than a thousand in person, but online it's less than 500. Yeah. Right. Like that's stuff that like, I feel like people can take and they're going to get it or they're not going to get it with this. I wanted it to be basically an expensive lash training Yeah. because I really only want the people who, oh, this is going to maybe sound kind of (laughs) bad. Should I watch my mouth? No, (laughs) never. So I only want people being in this class who have built their business to a point that they do have expendable money or they do have that income that they can invest into this program. Because I, I have had like a few applications from people that I'm like, you know, you really need to build your business a little bit more before you can teach others how to do the same. You need to learn through experience. So like I will refer them to a coaching program. So like Sheila's program or Carol's last chance artistry, like they're actually doing programs that are catered to you to build your business and make more money. You need to get there before you're going to start teaching other people. And that's just an opinion that I have about it. That's not a bad opinion. You should not be teaching something you don't know. (laughs) Good opinion. Oh my gosh. I wish more people were saying that. And you could be really amazing at lashes. I know people that are amazing at lashes, fucking horrible at business. And I'm like, you don't really want that person to be your mentor when you're trying to grow. You're going to have to just take another class, yeah. which is fine. You should take multiple, but you know what I'm saying? How long is this course? Is this on? Is it live? Is it pre-recorded? You know, what's, how's it work? Okay. So it is four weeks. Some of it is pre-recorded and some of it is live. So we're going to release. It's funny because I never wanted to do a release slowly course, but with this (laughs) one, it's so much fucking information that I'm like, no, we have to break this up. Like people won't get through it. So it's four weeks and we release all of the modules on Mondays. And then on Wednesday, when hopefully people have taken the time to go through it, we're going to have live Q and A's. Um, and I'm assuming there'll be like maybe kind of longer Q and A's, not just like an hour, just to work through all of the things we are going to be live on Mondays as well when we're teaching some of the things, but we will have recordings that we're going to pop in. Okay. So, so it'll be training through two things. So I have a lot of content to consume. And then on Wednesdays, they get to interact and really test it or question it and you'll give them that feedback. And then after four weeks, when they're done, do they have a game or a blueprint or a map to go now and build their class? Yes. And they get to stay in the live Q&As oh. for the next four months. Right. So that's like, we're just allowing them to stay in. Because for me, I took an online program that taught me how to put my course online. Almost what I'm doing, like train the trainer. Yeah. And it was really helpful for me to be able to stay in the Facebook group and continue to get the live Q and A's and even being able to interact with the other people in the group asking questions because tech doesn't work naturally for me. It has to sink in over time. So I had to work like from the time I took that class till the time I got my class online, it had been one year, but it took that amount of time for me to get used to the tech and, and just do it all. Yeah. It's a lot. 
So I didn't want to like leave people hanging. So yeah, they get to stay in for that amount of time. They get to go over the same information um, for four months. But it's also cool because with the lives, you don't have to be there live. We're going to save them and upload them later. So you can come back and watch them, whatever. If you miss it. Yeah. It's uh, it's all Mm -hmm. over. Well, that's super cool. And I think I know a lot of people have done that a little bit, but I think you sound like you've really developed it even further than just like a weekend course or a one day course. This is where you're going to be walking people along and mentoring them and giving them a lot of tools. So that's really cool. So be checking it out. Where can people find you all this stuff? Where's all your handles and your locations and such? (laughs) So it is at Lash Anarchist on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok. (laughs) I'm all, what what else did I have in community? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Clubhouse. I'm actually... Oh yeah. That's what I meant. Clubhouse. Yeah. Community is the text texting. Texting is community. So yeah. Many, so many platforms. Yeah. Clubhouse. I'm actually Allie Lily. So. Oh, okay. I'm myself on there. Um, and then on my website is www.lashanarchist.com. And I have the thing. If you want to go check out the class, you totally can. It's right there on the front page. So. Cool. Well, that's awesome. I, I swear I could just talk all day with you. It's been, it's been fun. Thank you so much for making this time. And we will have to have you back. Cause another thing we want to talk about, I know we have very, I think similar ideas and it's something that I like to talk more about. And for us, it was an episode we did with Cheryl that was huge and that's about training in our industry. And really, and since you are to be training the trainer, I'd like to maybe get back a little bit more of your philosophies and what you hope to see in the industry. And we'll have to save that for another time. So we have yeah. more stuff to talk about. You'll have to come I back. I love that. They'll have <laughs> you come back and all that. So thank you so much for hanging out with us today. It's been a blast and uh, hopefully hugely informational for all our listeners. I'm sure they've uh, really loved it too. Yeah, no, super fun. Thanks for having me, you guys, all the time. We're always so supportive. All right, guys, that's all we have for you today. Thanks for hanging out with us. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. And get that review in and screenshot it and send it to me at paul at lashcastpodcast.com. And you will be entered into a drawing for a $200 Amazon gift card. On behalf of my last confidant, Tusney, as well as our special guest, Allie, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing, and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. <laughs>